The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with that over on the game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And finally, make sure to check out our relaunch merch store where you can get all of your favorite SGPN gear. Just head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's store. .sportsgamblingpodcast.com You are listening to your SummerSlam 2022 preview here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network as part of the Fight Show. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can follow me on various Twitter accounts. I'm the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Therefore, you can follow me at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow me at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC because I'm also the host of the BetMUFC Podcast. And finally, you can follow me over at LockBetting.com and the Twitter account is at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. So LockBetting.com without the dot. LockBetting.com is my premium pay service and it has delivered 110 months in a row of transparent track profit. What that means is that for nine years and two months, I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting. And I am just 10 months away from being able to say I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting in a decade. If you want to be a part of this massively profitable service, all you need to do is head over to LockBetting.com and sign up. If you want to do your research first, and you should, go to the pinned tweet on the LockBetting.com Twitter account. Once again, that's at LockBetting.com. The pinned tweet is the PL from the previous month. Have a look at it. Have a look at the type of bets we do. Have a look at the stakes that we put out. Have a look at the sports we bet on. And most significantly, look at the members' comments at the bottom, verifying the fact we have delivered 110 months in a row of transparent track profit. If you want to do further research, and you should, look at all the other spreadsheets. By doing that, you can verify the fact that this is a legit service and you do that by going down to the bottom of the page 
Look at the little tags at the bottom. They say things like soccer, tennis, wrestling, NBA, etc. One of them says PL. By clicking that PL tab, you'll be able to see all of the other previous PLs. So you can look at the month of June, May, April, March. You can look at last year's PLs. You can look at everything. Make sure you look at the type of bets. Make sure you look at the sports. Make sure you look at the stakes. It's all sensible staking. And most importantly, the members' comments verifying the facts that we genuinely are an unbeaten service that hasn't had a single losing month in the 110 months we have existed. Now is a very, very good time to sign up. You can get your SummerSlam picks, you can get your UFC picks, and most importantly, you can get your futures for the new soccer season and for the NFL season as well in the month of August. August is an important month because it represents the start of the betting year for us because we release most of our futures and futures are important because we hit them at 81% at lockbetting.com. So don't miss them. Sign up for August and enjoy the profitable year ahead as we look to get to a decade of profit without a single losing month. And we are 10 months away from doing exactly that. Moving on with this SummerSlam preview, this is a very special show because I have two very special guests at the end. Me and uh, my colleague for wrestling, Cav Manning, we were joined by Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff to look at a couple of matches on this SummerSlam card. They focus primarily on the matches between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, which is the main event. That's what Vince Russo talks about. And Eric Bischoff talks about the celebrity involvement with Logan Paul on this card taking on The Miz. We also have Pat McAfee on this card. Pat, Ma- Pat McAfee recently spoke to Sean and Ryan, my colleagues, on the Sports Gambling Podcast. So I've tacked those two interviews on at the end with Russo and Bischoff talking to me and Cav about this SummerSlam card. But if you're more interested in the betting element of things, I am going to be discussing that now. And we will begin with that main event as Roman Reigns defends the... WWE Universal Championship in a rematch from WrestleMania 38 against Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns is the favourite to retain the title. He's exactly the same odds as he was when they recently wrestled at WrestleMania. So nothing has changed. And that seems to be a complaint that a lot of people are complaining about. Me and Cav talk about it uh, with, with Vince Russo when we break down this match with him. But for now, I'm going to run through the odds and pick a winner. Roman Reigns is the 1-2 favourite to win the match with Brock Lesnar at 6-4 plus 150. For me, I don't think you end the Roman Reigns run here for Brock Lesnar. I think you try and do it by, by making a new star and Brock Lesnar would not represent a new star. All he would do is basically put an end to the dream match between Roman Reigns and The Rock, which is WWE's primary focus. I feel if Brock Lesnar does win the match, then I think we pretty much know The Rock won't be doing WrestleMania 39 and the reason he won't be doing WrestleMania 39 is because of the recent controversy surrounding Vince McMahon because prior to that, The Rock looked like an absolute lock to be doing WrestleMania 39 against Roman Reigns even mentioning the the prospect of the match on his Young Rock TV show. So I still think that will be able to get fixed with Vince McMahon taking himself out of the firing line and, and announcing his retirement. 
with his daughter Stephanie and and CEO Nick Khan taking over the company and Triple H running the creative. I think that bullet has been avoided and I think The Rock will still do WrestleMania. And subsequently, I still think Roman Reigns will walk out of SummerSlam with the undisputed WWE Universal title. Up next, we look at the match that Eric Bischoff is looking at later on in the show. So I'm going to breeze past the Logan Paul Miz match. And I should do because Logan Paul is a 1 to 10 favourite and Miz is at 5 to 1. That pretty much tells you everything you need to know here. Celebrities in the WWE usually get the win. And with the investment of Logan in Logan Paul here, I don't expect him to lose to the Miz. Pat McAfee takes on Baron Corbin and he is not as big of a favourite as Logan Paul. He's only available here at 2-5 to five, with uh, Happy Corbin here available at 7-4. to four. These odds are relatively close, closer than I expect. I think Pat McAfee gets the win here and I think they write the Happy Corbin character off. I think he returns to TV with another gimmick. I know Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin's wife is expecting a child and I think this loss to Pat McAfee gives him a chance to take time off. And it also builds Pat McAfee up as well because he's getting quite a, a decent win-loss record. And I think when he does lose to somebody they want to put over, that will be a significant loss for McAfee, who uh, beat Austin Theory at WrestleMania. And I think he gets another win here at SummerSlam. I'm not even counting that, that Vince McMahon loss and that debacle that ensured afterwards, ensued afterwards Sorry, with, the, with Steve Austin coming out and botching the stunner on Vince McMahon, who really shouldn't have been wrestling at WrestleMania. But anyway, we move on from that and we take McAfee here in this one. Up next, we look at the Usos defending the tag titles against the Street Profits with Jeff Jarrett as the guest referee. And we get the same odds here with the Usos at 2-5 to five and uh, the Street Profits here at 7-4. to four. I can't see Roman Reigns losing and I can't see the Usos losing. I think the bloodline will continue to retain their titles. It does make SummerSlam seem like a filler show with that happening, but... I don't think you can just do these things for the sake of it. This is working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that is the situation here with the bloodline at the moment. Roman is strong. The Usos are strong. And I have no doubt that both of them emerge with their titles. And I would have no um, hesitation parlaying the Usos and Roman Reigns together here on this card. Up next, we move on to Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. And these odds did surprise me with Liv Morgan as the 4-9 favourite to win the match and Ronda Rousey available here at 13-8. to I think there's significant value here on Ronda. Ronda's clearly turning heel. Um, if Liv wins this match, I think the heel turn will be completed here in, in, uh, in the aftermath with Ronda beating Liv up after the bell. Or we could just go with Ronda turning during the match and... Um, and and just destroying Liv and cutting a heel promo on SmackDown. Ronda works better as a heel. This babyface run hasn't worked. Whether she takes one more loss to Liv first before she fully turns or whether she just turns here in this match, inevitably this SmackDown title will end up on Ronda Rousey, in my opinion, and therefore she is a live dog here in this matchup. Up next, we move on to the other women's title match here where Bianca Belair faces Becky Lynch in a WrestleMania rematch. And she is a very short one to five favorite to win this with Becky Lynch here available at seven to two. 
I think there's significant value on Becky. I do think Bianca emerges with the title here in the end of the feud, but I don't think this match is going to be the end of the feud. I don't think that you can get opponents hot enough for Bianca and Becky to justify them facing anyone else in a stadium show at Casa de Castle in Wales. So for me, I think this feud has to continue and therefore you can do a quick title change to Becky and then have Becky lose the belt to Bianca and then move on to SmackDown and become the, the challenger for Ronda Rousey as we hit WrestleMania season. So I think these two can keep each other busy for a while. Yes, I understand this is a rematch from WrestleMania and I understand that I'm saying that they'll have another stadium show. Some people will be saying that Rhea Ripley should perhaps get a shot against Bianca Belair. But then what does Becky do? Becky has to wrestle on that show. She's a British wrestler. She's the she's the biggest British female of all time. So she needs to be at Clash of the Castle. And uh, I think she could potentially walk in as champion, or at least they could do something here to set up another match at that show. So I think something happens here that lets this continue. And I think it's difficult for it not to continue without Becky winning. So I think she's a live dog here. Do I think she'll win? I'm, I'm not sure whether she'll win, win the title. Um, but I do think that what we'll see is something that continues the feud and therefore it makes it worth a small sprinkle on Becky as an underdog here. Same for Ronda Rousey. I think both the underdogs are live dogs here and I'll be surprised to see if both the favourites in uh, Bianca and Liv simply cash in those women's matches. But but they they could do because um, if we looked at Raw on Monday night, it looks like WWE are implementing a very, very slow strategy where the share, the share price has gone up and they don't want to be looked to be changing too much to, to say, hey, Vincent Mann's gone, we're going to change everything. So they're being very, very careful. But I don't know at what levels. I think more at the, the business level rather than the creative level. I think if Triple H feels like he wants to change titles and that, that weren't initially on, on initially planned to change under Vincent Mann, I think that would be okay to do. So even if uh, Liv or Liv or Bianca or both were planning to retain their titles or plan to retain their titles on the show and Triple H decides to go another direction I don't think that would be a big monumental factor where the, the stock market looks at it and goes oh my god they're making host, wholesale changes to the product not at all up next, we look at the matchup here between Judgment Day and the Mysterios, where Judgment Day are the four to six favourites here and the Mysterios are available at 11 to 10 I think coming off that loss last time out uh, on Monday for Judgment Day, I think they need to win here. They need to be strong for the return of Edge. And I think they do pick up a win here. I think the Mysterios just got that win on on, on Monday so that um, they could get another match here on the SummerSlam card. I think originally the plans probably called for Edge to return to MSG. But I think they decided in the end to give Rey Mysterio a win on his 20-year celebration and they could extend the feud here, get one more match out of it, give Judgment Day to win on pay-per-view and possibly send Edge out afterwards. Um, I don't think we're going to see a Dominic Mysterio turn here. That's what a lot of the dirt sheets are talking about. I don't think it happens here at SummerSlam. I think they can just get away with them giving Judgment Day their win back and as they're about to possibly potentially attack the Mysterios, I think that's when you could see the return of Edge. So I think Judgment Day are a really good price here at 4-6. to six. I don't think they go 0 and two here against the Mysterios here at SummerSlam. The final match we're going to look at here is Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory, where Bobby Lashley is the strong 1-5 to favourite and Austin Theory is at 7-2. to I don't agree with Lashley being this short, given that Austin Theory is supposed to be the future of WWE. But at the same time, if you look at the way he's booked on Monday, it did seem like... Um, 
he was booked weekly on the show. Uh, we also saw him destroyed by Brock Lesnar tonight. So I'm not sure if Triple H sees what Vincent Mann sees, and it would not surprise me to see Theory move back down the card and even fail with his money in the bank cashing. I don't think Triple H is going to book the money money in the bank winner the way Vincent Mann has done previously, where the money in the bank briefcase is seen as Teflon, and whoever has it, whoever has it, seems to be able to take loss after loss after loss after loss. And in the eyes of Vince McMahon and the other creative members, not lose credibility, and still, when they do cash in, they're supposed to be seen as some kind of credible champion. I don't think Triple H would see it that way. I think the Money in the Bank winner needs to be strong prior to the cash-in because the idea you're supposed to be setting up is, wow, this guy's strong with the briefcase. He's winning matches without cashing in the briefcase. Imagine when he cashes in on a weakened opponent. I think that's what you're supposed to say. I don't think you're supposed to say, this guy's terrible and he needs to win the title when his opponent is virtually dead. I don't think that's a good way to book your Money in the Bank winner. But at the moment, we're seeing Theory beaten up by Brock Lesnar. We're seeing him lose matches by disqualification. Um, we saw him beaten up by the bloodline on Monday. I'm not sure that Triple H has the same vision for Vincent Mann. And therefore, I do think Bobby Lashley will win this match. But much like Bianca Belair and, and even Liv Morgan, I think that he's a little bit too short here at the current price. Before we move on to Russo and Bischoff, I'll close out with my lock here on this show. I think that Judgment Day are a really, really solid price here at 4 to 6, minus 150. I think this faction are virtually dead if they lose back-to-back matches with the Mysterios. So I'm going to go for them to take the win here. If you can do parlays, if you can do parlays, I would certainly lock up the bloodline here. A a 2-5 to five parlay with a 2-5 to five for both selections here. A parlay on Roman Reigns at 2-5 to five and the Usos at 2-5, to five, which will pay you over even money here. I think that's well worth the investment if you can do it. So that's it for me. I'm now going to move on to the pre-recorded interviews with me and Cav talking to both Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff. Now moving on to Logan Paul versus The Miz. Uh, dealing with celebrities, we brought in somebody who has dealt with celebrities over and over again, and it'd be good to get his opinion on it. That is Hall of Famer, Mr. Eric Bischoff. I'm back. Oh, wait. I won't do that to anybody. I will not sing. I will not inflict that torture on souls known or unknown. Depends how good you are at it, though. So we'll have to find out. Um, So we're talking about dealing with the celebrity factor coming into the wrestling world. And you dealt with quite a few of them. Uh, Billy was going over some things earlier. You want to take it, Billy, about what you were talking about with how rough it might be to deal with celebrities or how easy it might be. Yeah, I mean, I, I have one main main question. Now, I don't want to turn this into, I don't want to set you up for the quote of the week, any AEW bashing or anything like that, because I know that's very clickbaity. But I just want you to explain to me the difference, um, what you get when you invest. Um, so you, you, AEW spending, say, $5 million on a CM Punk and, and $3 million on a Daniel Bryan, and they're getting a full-time performer. What what's what do you get when you invest a three million dollars into a Logan Paul instead? What's the mindset in that, and what what you're getting from that investment instead? Well, I think with Logan Paul, is that the number? Has that been confirmed, or is that speculation, or is it three million dollars for Logan Paul? That's just what I've heard. Yeah, it's very part time for three million dollars. Yeah. Okay. But, but this the th- and this is important because is the three million for one event or is is it three million over the course of several events? 
No, he's been getting he's been getting around a million dollars to to come in and do one uh, one shots. But this is this is now the contract that he has per year. So it's three million per year. We we don't know at this point how much he's going to do. I imagine um, uh, SummerSlam, Raw Rumble, Raw uh, WrestleMania, one hundred percent. So all right. So he's gonna make he's gonna be making multiple appearances for three million dollars. Correct over the right. course of a year. Is that the scope? That's so right. here's what you get for three million bucks. And that's I don't know how many fuck. That's not from Melissa, so that's uh, that's from someone more reliable than than him. All right, well, whatever, whatever it is, as long as we acknowledge that we don't know what the number is, and it's speculation at this point. Okay. Um, so if it's three million dollars, um, here's what you get: you get a known social media influencer with a tremendous amount of influence, with a fo- I don't know how big his following is. Maybe you guys do, or somebody could Google it, or the listeners he has can. The, he has the number one podcast in the world. His Logan Paul has the number one podcast in the world? At the moment, at this moment. It's, it's forever changing, but as we're recording, he has the number one podcast in the world. So he's more popular than Joe Rogan? Uh, at, the, at the moment, yeah. Like, for the for the, the week, this week's chart, yeah. All right, so let's just assume that's true. I think that's some spooky shit you got going on right there, brother. I would not put any confidence in that whatsoever. But let's just say it's true, perhaps. Um, He's got a very highly rated, if not the number one podcast in the world. Sorry, Joe. I'm not buying it either, brother. Um, This this week. This week, he has. All right, let it go. Let it go, Bill. Let it go. Just let it go. We're moving on. Can't stop talking. You're worse than me. I think it was possible. Anyway, you're getting a highly rated podcast. We've established that. You're getting a guy that has a tremendous amount of social media influence outside of his podcast. Don't know his following. I imagine it's massive. I'll I'll, I'll be looking it up when we're done. And you're getting a very charismatic guy. He's a great performer. We've seen him, right? It's not like uh, we don't know what we're going to get with this dude. He's committed. And I think he's a great personality. He's a great wrestling character. Are you going to get five-star matches? <laughs> I don't even know what that means anymore. I've seen some ridiculous shit on television that's been getting some really rave reviews lately. But it doesn't matter, man. It's all entertainment. And he's bringing a loyal following, a big loyal following, into a universe that is probably new, meaning he's bringing some new viewers along with him and he's entertaining to the existing viewers. So I think it's a great investment. And that's overall the way I've always looked at celebrities is what does it do for you? What did Dennis Rodman do for WCW? Dennis Rodman got us more buzz on morning drive, rock talk, sports, around the country in every major market and most little markets that we couldn't have afforded to buy. But that's all anybody talked about. It's Dennis Rodman and, and and WCW and Hulk Hogan. Couldn't have bought that. And he was entertaining. He, he delivered. He was a personality. He was a character. And he performed well enough, more than well enough, to uh, not do any damage. You know, Kevin Green, Carolina Panthers, same thing. Steve McMichael brought a... Oh, man, Steve McMichael. Thoughts, prayers, and just nothing but... Respect for the toughest son of a bitch that ever walked the face of the earth, in my opinion. What he's going through, and he's doing it with a smile every day. Hats off, brother. 
much respect. But Steve McMichael, same way. You could criticize some of his work at the rank and some of it was a little sketchy because he was put in the situations he should have been. But he also had some fantastic matches. But beyond that, he brought credibility. He was a Super Bowl champion, Chicago Bears, and he had a great character. Um, Carl Malone, same thing. You know, it just you, you get a lot. And you, what you really get is crossover, new audience that maybe not wouldn't otherwise check you out and you get a tremendous amount of free press how, how, let me i got one billy here for you did you get a lot of backlash from any of the uh, wrestlers like was there a lot of it or just a, a smattering of hey i'm here all the time what is this he's getting paid this i never got any of that i never got any of that okay. you, you, i read i read that it was happening but it wasn't that would you know, bring that's up a perception that it might be happening, but it wasn't because the talent knew. You know, the ta- wrestlers are smart suckers, man. They know what it takes to get attention. They know what it takes to get buzz and, and to get people talking about you. They might not have liked it necessarily, but they were glad to be on the card with them. They were they were happy to mug for a, sh- a photo shot with him, and hopefully we'll you know end up in the paper. Now they got it. And nobody really complained. Everybody was, at least that I could see, was very supportive. From 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 the way you're speaking, there doesn't seem to be too much of a gamble element to it. I expected to be. Oh, there can be. David Arquette. Is there? Who's <laughs> the other side of the coin? Well, it's, before we talk about the actual, the in-ring, the promos and, and, the, and the creative side of things where I would think more could go wrong, when you look at the investment side of things, is there a minimum bar that you set? We, we, for example, we want X number of viewers from this. We want X amount of publicity from this. Is there is there ever a minimum that you set with any sign? No, man, you got to look with Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone. And again, remember, you know, NBA finals were going on at the time and, and there was a lot of buzz and chatter anyway. You, you know, you just there's no way to quantify the, the, the dollar value. There's no way to put a valuation on the amount of advertising that you're going to get because you're fucking guessing. You know, you're going by instinct and. You know, now, if you're hoping that you're going to get a ton of press from a, you know, mid-level, you know, professional athlete that isn't really normally in the paper and isn't very controversial and isn't very well-known, but he's on the roster, you know, it's legitimately, a, you know, NFL player, you know, NBA player, but nobody really knows him. Now, if you're betting big money on that, that's, you've got a bad instinct. But with the Malones and the Rodmans and, you know, the Kevin Greens and... Reggie White and you know known commodities like we've used there was there was no way to try to quantify it you just went with your gut is is Jay Leno probably the best investment that you did for this because of the platform that he had being able to be on every night and you could possibly hey maybe we could do something tonight on the tonight show that pushes this and it's big time advertisement on a larger larger scale See, and that's the other thing that I'm glad you brought that up. Jay Leno was a different, that was a whole different strategy. Um, look, Jay Leno, I knew the wrestling audience was going to gag on their toenails on that one. I, I just knew people would be turning themselves inside out with Jay Leno, wrestling fans. Um, but here's what I also knew. I knew every advertiser in, in, in the industry on Park Avenue, the people that really matter when it comes to the television business, because without them, there would be no audience. They would look at it way differently than a wrestling fan would. 
right? And you have to cater to both. You have to serve two or three different masters if you want to actually grow your business and build a business and not a, you know, super indie trust fund wrestling show. You know, it, it, you've got, if you want to build, you have to build it out in different ways. And having the, being able to creatively use the Tonight Show the way we did to shoot an angle that led to a match over the course of weeks and that access to the Tonight Show. Advertisers look at that a lot different than wrestling fans do, trust me, and dirt sheet writers. It was a very valuable strategy, but no way to quantify it. I was betting on the future. I was betting on sitting in a meeting, making a presentation to, let's say, GTX Motor Oil, for example. And being able to show them clips of WCW as a mainstream entertainment property. And gee, I don't know, having your Hulk Hogan and myself and taking over the Tonight Show and showing advertisers that they didn't really know anything about wrestling. That No, this is a lot more than just wrestling. No, this is, this is mainstream entertainment here. And here's an example. That has a lot of value from a sales position. So... Um, in terms of um, when you say when you say you couldn't you couldn't quantify it, do you think that modern day metrics would assist you, or do you not buy into those? So when you're looking at social media retweets, YouTube views, if you're a promoter right now, say you, you know there's Vince, there's Tony Khan, and Eric Bischoff has a third company, and you bring in a Logan Paul, or, <laughs> or, or, or you, you bring you bring in somebody in this day and age, and you have a YouTube video that has seven million views and. And, and, and you know a million retweets is that something that you would that you would be celebrating is that a metric where you can weigh it up or do you not really believe in these these modern day metrics that these these promoters are celebrating um oh no it's not that i wouldn't believe in it i would recognize it i would be grateful for it um you know seven million views assuming i'm monetizing my youtube channel cha-ching 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 just add it to the pot right um, it's it's reaching an audience. Some of those seven million YouTube views may not be may not be people that generally watch my show every week. That's added value. There's value in that. Um, how to put a valuation on it? You know, if I'm if I'm bringing in somebody for a million dollars for one appearance, do I say, well, that YouTube exposure is worth, I don't know, hundred thousand dollars, fifty? 10, 2, 1, I don't know. I probably, there, I'm sure there's a formula to figure that out because, again, you could monetize part of that, right? So you can assign a percentage of that $3 million. You'd recoup from that YouTube monetization. And then you have to kind of, you know, estimate, guesstimate, you know, what percentage of those 7 million people are going to perhaps buy your pay per view that might not have otherwise bought it. And you got to add that to the pot. But what you're really doing, too, is you're branding. And in that particular case, just like I did with Jay Leno, if I'm WWE or if I'm, you know, AEW, I'm I'm going to say, hey, Mr. Advertiser, Mr. Sponsor, Mr. You know, building management um, board, you know, here's how popular, you know, you're negotiating, right? You're either selling something or selling yourself. Um I'm taking that information and I'm putting it in front of the people that I do business with to establish, you know, the mainstream nature of what we're doing and the reach of what we're doing. So it absolutely has value. I just wouldn't know how to put a valuation on it. Um, we're going to move on to your book in a second, but I have one final question to move off the move off the, the subject. I listened to 
a lot of other people's podcasts, unfortunately. Um, and there is like a there's, a, there's a type of podcast out there and they're all making the same kind of comments when, when you bring in a Logan Paul or, or a Pat McAfee or whoever, there's always these comments saying, oh, they're getting paid X, Y, and Z and you could have you could have kept carrying cross for this merch. You could have uh, you could have how, how, could they, how could they fire Keith Lee when he was earning like one tenth of what they're paying this guy? This is always the comment. They fired a lot of people and now they're using the money for for these purposes and it and it receives a lot of criticism. What would you say to these people where they're they're criticizing that WWE are investing their money here after releasing so many people? What would I say? Yeah. Fuck off. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I expected fuck him. But is it more of, well, put asses in seats and those wrestlers would have stayed? It's a business. Damn it. You know, it's like you're wrestling. Oh, man, they spent all that money over here and they could have held on to that guy. Who cares if that guy was making money, if it was a business? And it is a business. And if that individual guy or gal was, was moving the needle, then guess what? Did you, you ever look at anybody? Do you ever look at anybody in WWE? Have you seen anybody that has been released, and you think, ah, there might have been something there? Is there anybody that you ever? No, I, you know, I don't watch Bray Wyatt. That's a But here's here's the thing, guys. You don't know what was going on behind the scenes. None of us do, right? Unless you were there. It, it may not. It, you know, who knows why that decision was made? You know, I, I've let go of people that everybody thought I let go of them for one reason or maybe another. And the real reason I let them go had nothing to do with that. And unless you have all of the information and the knowledge and or experience, look it up. You're, you're ignorant. Google ignorant. And the definition is lack of information or experience. That's what ignorance, that's the definition of it. And when someone gets let go, you don't really know what led up to that. You can say, wow, it was budget cuts. Because guess what? That's a nice way when you work for somebody. If you if you get let go and you get let go because of budget cuts, not because what are they supposed to say? But guy or girl just didn't draw, wasn't worth it, didn't learn fast enough, has no charisma, couldn't cut a promo to save their life. Is that what you want them to say? Mm-hmm. Or do they evaluate talent and say, okay, we get to have so many people with with this budget. Let's thin the herd and keep the people that we think have the most potential and let the rest go because we have to manage our budget. So those people, therefore, are let go for budget cuts. But the truth is they're let go for other reasons. You and I and the dirt sheet universe and the people that write that crap have no idea what was really going on behind the scenes. One question before we get to your book that I have for you. Um, it's not that relevant to this exactly, but it's a question I've had for you for a while. Um, when it comes to being creative, I think a lot of people, including myself, think you're a very creative mind and what you've done throughout the year. When you've done things, a YouTube channel or writing bits and everything, I get my ideas while either long drive, long walk, or in the shower. Where do your ideas come from? Do you, is there a specific thing that you usually do and they flood into you or anything out of the ordinary? You know, I've had my best. It's funny because I'm preparing for Sarcast next week and I'm, I'm roasting Ric Flair. So I've got to get up on the stage and try to be funny. And I'm not a funny guy by nature. I'm not. I mean, I know I'm not. So I, I but I have to come up with my eight to 12 minutes or whatever it is. And 
I had to get on a treadmill because that those creative that part of my brain doesn't really kick in unless I kind of elevate my my energy a little bit. And I have to do it naturally. I can't, you know, I can't like, you know, sit down, snort, snort an eight ball and drink a half a pot of coffee and, and try to figure <laughs> funny shit. You know, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? I've got to get my endorphins going is really what I got to do. So I haven't been on a treadmill in about three years. But this morning, knowing I had to sit down and write for a couple hours, I first thing I did is got on the treadmill for 45 minutes and gassed myself out. Took a cold shower and sat down and it just started the flow. I can wow. see it in my head. And even going back to WCW, some of the best ideas that I've had, really, I came up with on a treadmill. That's that's my go-to. It doesn't look like it, like which means I probably haven't had a good idea in about seven years from the looks of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, though. That's good. Finding out. That's, that's interesting. There's a treadmill. So you have a book coming out. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that? Yeah, the book is called Grateful. Um, I, I, I co-wrote it with Guy Evans, who wrote the Nitro book, uh, The Incredible Rise and the Inevitable Fall of Ted Turner's WCW Nitro. A fantastic book, and that's why I met Guy. And Guy came to me around a year ago or so and said, hey, do you ever think about writing another book? I said, no. What would I write about? You know, and he said, how about the last 15 years of your life and everything that, you know, you've kind of been through? And Guy, guy follows me. We became fairly good friends. And he follows me on social media and he listens to my podcast. And he noticed that I, I often talk about being grateful. I have it tattooed on my wrist right there. Right there. There you go. And I've had it for about 15 years or 10. So, but I've, over the years, especially the last six or seven, certain things have happened in my life, good and bad. Um, that have really, really changed the way I look at my entire career. And Grateful is really about those stories that are not, they're kind of wrestling related, but they're not. They're about people that I've met and stories that I've heard and how I've realized that what we all do or what we all did in my case really affects people. And sometimes in a very, very positive way that you could never imagine. You know, the book starts out talking to, to telling a story about a young lady that I met at a Comic-Con. And I heard her story. And you read about it in the book. But it was a very, very, for me, life-changing moment. Um, and then all of a sudden, that kind of opened my eyes. And I started looking when i'd go to personal appearances you know i talk about a an indie show that i went to in new mexico because i hated going to shows like that i never used to do personal appearances i hated doing autograph sessions but i was bouncing off the bottom man financially i have had a tough couple of years i bounced out man seven figure income i'm in good shape beautiful home beautiful wife life's good you know i had to reinvent myself and bounce back but over the course of the last five or six years seven years man i've been bouncing off the bottom and every time I'd go to one of these indie shows, because I had to, it's like, Ugh. Mm. and I went to an indie show in New Mexico and something happened. And I talk about it in the book that made me go, you're such a dick. You, you don't, you don't appreciate what you should be appreciating. And then it's just, once I started being thinking about, okay, I got to be a little more aware and grateful of 
certain things and because I'm looking at shit wrong, it changed everything for me. Not only with regard to doing those events and and how I felt about them, but I just started realizing, oh man, I'm I'm making my comeback. I'm 66, 66, 64, 65 years old over the course of this period. When most people my age are retiring, right, hanging out with the grandkids and playing golf, driving around a little fucking putt-putt golf cart, I'm I'm scraping, trying to hang on to my shit. I'm filing Chapter 11, you know, business bankruptcy, not personal bankruptcy. I didn't write the debts off. I had to pay those fuckers, and I paid them off. I had six years to pay them off, and I got out of it in three. I paid every nickel of it and came out of it. But the reason I was able to do that is because I started becoming grateful for some of the things that I saw around me and being more aware of it. And that's what the book's about. It's not like I'm not trying to be Tony Robbins. I'm not I'm still fuck up in many ways, but I, it's a valuable lesson and it kind of changed my life. And guy knew it. And that's what he wanted to write about. We still talk about wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling stuff in there. I go into a lot more detail on things than I do in the podcast because um, I don't feel the pressure of having to entertain people for two hours and 15 minutes. But, um, yeah, it's it was a fun. It was a fun journey, and I'm excited about it. We got some cool things. Like, this has never been done before, to my knowledge. And I'm probably blowing this for myself in a way. I should keep my mouth shut, but I can't. It's just the way I am. I told you guys I couldn't do 10 minutes. I told you. <laughs> but it, in this, this is the first time that I'm aware of. But when our book comes out on uh, November 11th, 11-11-22, Red Bull will come out. At the end of every chapter, there's going to be a QR code. And that QR code is going to take you to an exclusive interview that you cannot see anywhere else of the subject of that particular chapter. In some cases, there may be two or three. It's never been done before. So you get the book, you're going to get an amazing story. Hopefully, you're going to come away thinking, yeah, maybe I could try that. You know, Maybe that'll turn some shit around for me. Maybe. Worth a try. What the hell? Um, but you're going to get exclusive interviews that you cannot get anywhere else. And I don't think that's ever been. It'll be a collector's item because it'll be the first one of its kind. And if you order at bischoffbook.com, it'll be autographed by myself and Guy Evans. So pre-order! I, I think it sounds what is appealing about it, especially to sort of a modern, a modern day audience where I think you all agree that attention spans are kind of dwindling. People can't seem to get off their phones or be distracted by you know tiktok or whatever this seems like a book where it's not necessarily important to be chronological where sometimes you start a book or a lot of books especially autobiographies are always chronological and you know if you leave it you can't go back to it or if you leave it for too long and, and we have to make a commitment to it this doesn't seem like a commitment this seems like i can go on a two-hour flight i can read a couple of chapters they're, they're gonna they're gonna be one thing's going to be about a different thing. Another thing's going to be about a different thing. And you can pick it up and put it down. There's no like pressure to chronologically finish the book and, and know the whole story. It seems like a lot of short stories that you can read, you can pick up and put down, which is, I think, more appealing. Yeah, I, I think a lot of, yes, that will be an advantage because each chapter will really um, be its own story in a way. It, it, it will be somewhat chronological because we want to pick up where controversy creates cash left off my first book. But it, at the same time, if you decide to skip chapters and bounce back and forth, each chapter will be its own. It'll, it'll be my lesson. It'll be the thing that I learned, whether anybody else does from it or not, I don't know. And that's not why I wrote it again. I'm not trying to be 
know, Tony Robbins. But it was my journey, and I think it was a fun one, and I'm one I'm grateful for, obviously. Uh, like I said, been able to bounce back, and and yeah, I'm good. But it was a hell of a ride, mentally, you know, mentally. Very innovative, just like you were in history of wrestling with the QR code now in there. That's impressive. To even, I, I was like, that's a great idea. Never even heard of that before. Uh, that's because it's never been done before. And I'm going to be really honest here. It wasn't my idea. As much as I'd like to be that smart guy, because I am pretty fucking bright, but I, I didn't think of it. Um, a, a friend of mine who's also an author um, and is currently working on a book called The Six Pack, Brad Lejukian, and he wrote a book previously called Wax Pack that did very, very well. And it was a story about his journey finding 12 baseball players in the deck of a, a pack of baseball cards and their story and, and it pretty fascinating idea. And he's doing the same thing right now with a book called The Six Pack about six individuals who are part of WrestleMania 3 and 4 and where they're what their, that story was then and where their lives are now. It was actually his idea, and I asked permission to be the first person to use it. So I want to. I got to give credit where credit is due, man. I don't steal people's thunder. Let, let me give you some credit, actually. You just said that. Um, I've never said this before, but you just said that this isn't a Tony Robbins book. But actually, like, when you wouldn't think controversy creates caches either, but I remember... Not necessarily parts of the book, but the the title of the book and the fact that I believe that to be true. When when I went on to I went on to Big Brother in two thousand and seven, I looked around at the at the other contestants and realized I wasn't going to be the winner. I didn't have a sob story or anything like that. My parents had money. I was modeling at the time. There were there are a lot of victims who had really good sob stories in there. They were the winners. So how was I going to make my money from the show? Controversy. Controversy creates cash. I was able to work for 10 years. I've made more money than everybody I live with in Big Brother because it continued to believe that creed. So whereas if I didn't do anything specific like give away the, the raw results or anything like that, I remember thinking that in my head the entire time for those 10 years where I continued to make money by just being controversial shit, just like you know brushing off any of the criticisms or whatever because at the end of the day, just thinking of the most controversial thing to do, continue to make me money for, for years. So thank you for, for that, because that, that's always been in the back of my head, that, that, that very sentence. And, 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 see, and that's the thing, you know, it's, you never know what's going to make an impression on people. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think about you know, trying to inspire anybody or giving people motivation in any way, shape or form when, when we put that book together. Um, and that, that's my whole point with, grateful is i didn't when i started hearing these stories because i once i got to the point where i went hey you know i have a bad attitude about going into show to indie shows or making personal appearances or autograph sessions i looked at them just as a chore and i hated it but i had to do it because i needed Sorry, money can i ask you one question about it was it was it the fact that you just didn't you wasn't sociable or was it the fact that you didn't want people to to see that eric will question why is eric bischoff at these shows no 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 it's just no, it, it's it's because I'm. I, look, I have. I live in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. Right. You know, I have a handful of very close friends that I very rarely talk to on the phone, unless it's an emergency. We stay in touch. We'll get together a couple of times a year, but I'm not a social animal. I don't like being in crowds, at all. I live where I live 
I built this house here in 98, so it's not like this is a new phase for me. I, I'm a very, not a loner, but kind of. So going to an event and being on and traveling is just like, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this. But going to some of those events and then hearing stories from people, hearing their story, hearing them tell me their story about how something that I may not have even remembered, how much it impacted them and why. I mean, I'll start crying if I think about it. I, writing the book a couple of times, like, oh, man, sorry, sorry, guy, <laughs> give me a second here, you know, and it's, a, and it's the same thing with, contra- you know, your, your story about controversy creates cash. There's a million of those stories out there. And if you don't appreciate that when you get an opportunity that you're affecting people's lives, even though you're not aware of, aware of it, if you're not, a, if you're not aware of it, you're not aware of how much opportunity you really have. I'm glad you realized that you mean a lot to a lot of people out there because you're part of us growing up. Do It's like we didn't know you, but you felt we knew you from seeing you on TV and you grow up with somebody. And it's it's one of those things. That's why I always realized I said those wackos that stalk the soap opera people, it's because they see them every day and they think they're real and they're in their lives. And I go. That is kind of true a little bit, but on a little saner level, because you're like with Vince and all his things, when Vince eventually one day passes away, it's it's going to hit. I guarantee me and Billy will be hit with it because it's like I've known this guy since I was about seven years old. I don't know him, but I know him, you know, so it's one of those things where, yeah, you don't realize what you're meaning to people and what you've done just just if you take just the industry by itself and what you have done for the entire industry is just and and, and, and and obviously my book thank you for that and my book is is about my my journey and realizing that because i didn't i was too caught up in my own shit i was too caught up in making money i was doing it for the money and the fame and the prestige and the, 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 the same reason you know people strive to be at the top of any business and be successful i was no different um but I didn't realize all the other things that came along with it that, that I was missing. But I think it's true across the board, right? There, I imagine there's a million stories from wrestling fans who can tell you how WWE had a dramatic impact on a family member in a positive way. Or AEW in a positive way. And stories that you would never imagine. But it, it's true. You do. You know, if you're a talent in AEW or WWE and you get to go out there and perform perform someday, you know, if you do it long enough, you know, you, you got to be around for a minute. But you do it long enough. Someday you're going to be at an event. You're going to probably go, oh, I wish I didn't. I wish I wouldn't have agreed to do this. I'd much rather be out hanging with my buddies or playing with my kids or riding my horse, play with my dog. But I'm going to do this. And then you're going to hear a story. And that story is going to change your life, hopefully. And it's true across the board. Whether you're a big brother, maybe you're a musician, you're a wrestler, an actor, actress, whatever. you got to remember that what you do affects. When you, when you play to the masses, you, you affect people in ways you don't understand. Well, we are grateful for you. Eric Bischoff for being on this show. And we will look for your book on November 11th. 
of this year. And uh, pre-order now, know. pre-order now. You get an autograph, man. Let me, let me add as well. I'm, we, gonna, I'm doing it myself. Uh, Eric's not just going to be doing the roast. You can actually meet Eric at Starcast um, next weekend. No, Eric, I'm going to be coming out there with my son. So oh, I'll, great! I'll, It'll I'll be, be fun to meet out. you in person. Yeah, I'm coming down from London for. Uh, uh, roar, roar at Madison Square Garden, and then I'm coming over to Nashville for a SummerSlam and the Ric Flair match as well. So it's going to be yeah. great. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So thank you, Eric Bischoff, for being with us. We appreciate every minute of your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Had a blast. Thank you, Eric. Cheers. All right, Billy. We talked at length about the match between uh, Logan Paul and Miz and how it is working with celebrities. And we didn't give any predictions, but we want to be you know, have everything with our predictions throughout this show with every match. So we're going to give you our predictions. And we also need the odds, but we think it's pretty obvious. Celebrities always win, Billy. Yeah, we we, we missed that out, but um, it's good to be completists and it's good to uh, to have every prediction uh, logged here. So Logan Paul is the 1 to 10 favorite. So $10 profit from 100 and Miz is at five to one. So, yeah, that, that, that's kind of why we didn't get into it too much there with the show. I really wanted to just tackle the uh, celebrity element of that. But, uh, but, yeah, Logan Paul, no doubt, across the board. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Eric Bischoff, for taking time out of your schedule to help us out with that. Uh, let's go into Lashley and Austin Theory. I refuse to just call him Theory. You missed, the, you missed your chance to to link the two celebrities together. From one from one celebrity to the to the to the another was the was the link that you missed out there. But uh, that's fine. It's what we, what we, what other link? Who? Where? Where? What? I still I still think McAfee's a celebrity. Like I still feel that he's. <laughs> you just see him as a WWE guy now. You just see him as a. <sighs> well, you know, do we want to go straight into theory, uh, into? Uh... Pat McAfee, then instead. No, no. We, these are the two matches that we that we have left to do before we bring in our final guest. So yeah, okay. any order, any order is fine. Okay. So let's go into Lashley and Austin Theory, which hopefully Triple H gives him his name back because Theory is just bad. It's bad. It should be. It's got to be Austin Theory. God forbid there's another Austin in there. It's quite different, but. Dude, Triple, uh, H is this... never, Triple H never pushed this guy. Vince saw something in him, and he was very much a mid-card player in NXT. So from what I saw on Monday, it kind of looked like he looked like a bit of a dick. Like he looked he looked like a bit of a bum, I felt, for the first time on Monday. Like that, that was just my takeaway. But do you feel this is the curse of the briefcase? If you get it, you're going to be a bitch until you cash in? But why is Triple H continuing on with that bitch booking of the money in the bank's briefcase like that's a that's a vincism like where you know he has the, the the he has that feeling where oh you're teflon with these titles you can lose non-title matches you can lose a hundred times with a briefcase because you're going to be the champion anyway everybody knows mm-hmm. like I, I don't agree with that i like a money in the bank guy to be more, more dangerous with the briefcase because sure he's with Jesus, this guy's winning already. Imagine what he's going to do when he has an easy opportunity. Not, oh, geez, this guy's a loser. The only way he's going to win the title is by is by cashing in on someone when they're dead. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't like that, and I, and I would think Triple H didn't like that either. But I mean, did this? This is the first time on Monday I got the inkling of a of a failed cashing in the future. That's that's what I felt like. Um, so I, I would assume Lashley's winning this because. 
is the curse of the cash-in. And so because he said, I'm going to win that belt, and then I'm going to come and win this belt. And what's funny is they've really not built up that he's going against Lashley at all. Like, they haven't even spoken to each other. It's like they're not around each other. I think they barely uh, went around each other this last week. Uh, otherwise, he's free with the with Lashley being a stronger favorite than the Usos. Lashley's a straight out one to three favorite, and Austin Theory is a five to two. So twenty bucks on Theory gets you a fifty pound profit, and uh, you have to lay thirty down on Lashley just to make ten. So I, I don't have it like that, but um, but yeah, I still think he'll win. Yeah, um, do you think he will be doing a cash in at the end of this? No, I. Um, if he does, I think it will be a failure that will symbolize the end of Vince McMahon involvement. Mm. In It'll be like, this your boy? This year, this is your boy. And this is what we've done to your boy because you did this to all my boys. You cut off the balls of Karrion Cross and Champa and all these guys oh. that came across and now... This is your. This is what I'm going to do to your guy, like your 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 chosen guy. I'm going to cut his balls off, and I'm going to send a message. I mean, I'm really like going deep into the, the symbolism yeah. here and just what ifs. But you can. So that's what Vince did to all the other people. So yeah, it makes this sense. What, this is what I would do if I was Triple H. Like I'd be like, you 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 fucking. I I built these guys up and gave them characters and stories, and I sent you Keith Lee and Karen Cross and. Adam Cole and these guys were ready to go straight onto TV and, and have a spot and and they're all working somewhere else. So, you know, that, that's he, he could be petty and do the same thing. So at the end of this show, after we do uh, Brock and Roman, I'm going to ask you how you would end this and how you would have someone win, but that'll be at the end. Uh, we're going to go into another match here, which is before our next guest comes on, but it is uh, a celebrity, according to Billy, uh, Pat McAfee versus Oh Happy Happy Corbin, who uh, Billy broke that news. Remember that, Billy? You're the one who told everybody there was a copyright for Happy Corbin. You were the one who told us all about that, and I was like, "What the hell could this possibly be?" Let so, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, the the, um, the the most famous sportsman on in, in the planet, would not be. <laughs> Would not be doing, would not be doing interviews about his vaccine status with somebody that isn't a celebrity. Like you need to be somebody. <laughs> you, you I was wondering be, where this was going. I'm like, oh yeah, he talks about. <laughs> you, need, you need to be you need to be someone. It's somebody big to be near Aaron Rodgers. What's funny about Pat McAfee is he does a good job because he doesn't care. As in, he takes pride in his work. But he's not worried to be fired if he says the wrong thing because he has everything in the world with his podcast and his money. So when you're not worried to go out there and take a chance because what's going to happen? What are you going to do? Who cares? But these wrestlers who need the job are, yes, sir, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I won't step off script where Austin always says, uh, Stone Cold says, you know, reach for the brass ring and let's get out there. I think that's why McAfee is good on the microphone. And he says stuff where sometimes you're like, oh, I'm surprised they mentioned that because, you know, God forbid. But he does. He goes out there and says stuff. I did not like what they did on SmackDown prior week. Did you notice when Happy Corbin comes in 
It looked great. He pump kicks him out of his chair. He slams his face on the announce table, chucks him into the barrier, and then it's a no sell. And Pat is just normal and runs after him. He killed the man. And it was Pat was like, F this and chased him. So Bobby, that, that bothered me. He didn't sell his uh he did sell his neck at UFC. He wore a neck brace to UFC, which, yeah. which is more than which is more than what some of these so-called like more experienced and more seasoned and more clued up guys would do. So, and meanwhile, that was an attack that wasn't even on TV. It was after the pay per view was off, and now he's having to do this. Right. Um, so, obviously, uh, I mean, McAfee. The only loss McAfee has is to Vince McMahon. In what, sorry, in what sense? The only loss he has, McAfee, oh. right? Or no, he lost Adam Cole, didn't he? Yeah, I'm he lost wrong. Adam Cole. Wrong. Okay, so um, so he is two and two. Is this right then? Yeah, two. Well, they also lost the um, when he was one when, he was aligned, when he was aligned with the British guys that he was in charge of, although he was the leader of that group. I forget the name now. Uh, on NXT, he, they lost the uh, War Games match. That Emporium and that one? No, it wasn't Emporium. Emporium was what Walter was in charge of. Yeah. Uh, no, he was a. It was a. It was a British guy. It was um, Pete Dunn and oh, the Bruisers over there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so uh, this, McAfee is the same as the Usos. He's two to five. Would happy Corbin at seven to seven to four. I would be happy to parlay. McAfee and Usos together for decent odds here. That's that's pretty good. I mean, I could see them letting Corbin win because I mean Corbin just loses now. He loses. He loses to uh, Madcap constantly, which I hope they give him his name back too. By the way, and he could be uh, Riddick. But uh, yeah, I could see this one actually going either way. But the celebrity factor, you know. So. Uh, are we ready for our final guest, Billy? Let's bring on our, our final guest, and then we'll be back to wrap this up. All right. Let's talk about the main event. And to talk about the main event, we have a guy with us. He might know a little bit about main events. I, I heard one time like he was involved in storylines or something like this one other time. This is from Russo'sBrand.com. That is the head writer from the Attitude Era, Mr. Vince Russo. Well, I don't know, bro. A am I am I officially the head writer now? Let's kind of go through this, you guys, a little bit. Because, bro, for, for many, many decades, uh, uh, Vince was the filter. But now everybody is so glad to see the filter go. Like, so, Cav, like, what? What is it, bro? Because I've never seen such such glee in people that the great filter is now gone to no longer f up the wrestling business. So, so, what is it, Cav? The the, the filter to me is more of the stopper. If you have a great idea, it's it's that is the end. It's You're no. Right. And there's right. no, there's no argument about it. it's no, it's it's Vince is the wife of everyone. No, that's yes. the end. You're moving on. Yes. And uh, so I equate it to I was telling this to Billy. I said Vince to me is very much a Prince and Michael Jackson where it was had a lot of great hits. He was great. He had a lot of good stuff. He's been fighting to find a hit. And you're like, 
I loved all his old stuff, but the new stuff, not too, not too good. Yeah. And, and you're waiting for it all the time and you're hoping something happens. But I'm, I, I hear Punk saying, oh, do you think he's really not got his hands involved from sitting at home? Which scares the hell out of me to hear. Where I'm like, bro, please he's, don't bro, have your hands he, in it. He's uh, running everything. He, he's running everything, Jeff. Yeah, Cav, he's running everything. Listen, bro, I, I, I said this weeks ago. When all this shit came down, bro, there was no way he could still be actively working with women. No way, bro. The, the, the women on the roster, women in the office. Bro, do you know how awkward that is? If this man is being alleged of all these things, uh, the board has forced him to take a hiatus, and now he calls Liv Morgan and says, Liv, we need to have a meeting in my office. You you can't put women in that position. So no, no doubt, bro, they had to get him out of there. They, he had to disappear. But if you don't think, bro, every single thing is still not going through him, you're absolutely out of your mind. Vince McMahon is not going to retire. He got out of sight because he had to be out of mind. He's calling everything just like he was when he was there. So we're having the main event here is going to be Brock versus Roman Reigns. And Billy had some questions about this on what you might think. So what do you think, Billy? Yeah, so Wentz, it's one big question. All the guests we've had on this show to preview SummerSlam, we, we've tried to find a relevant uh, a relevant spot for them. So the reason why I picked the main event for you is because the main thing being said about this event is the main event is we've seen it so many times. We've seen it since 2015. They always keep pulling it out of the bag. They they've headlined WrestleMania with this thing three times, and there seems to be a, a lot of criticism towards it that people don't want to see it. Now, the reason why I thought of you was is because you're from an era mm-hmm. where between 98 and 99, whether you know this or not, but I, I know this to be true, you only used four guys in every main event between 98 and 99. Then, in the second year between 99 and 2000, I know you left um, just before 2000, you only added Triple H and The Rock. So you were able to create a fresh product Increased ratings, only using six guys in the main event and only four guys in the first year from when Austin won the belt to when Austin beat Rocky at uh, WrestleMania 15. Do you think that was the criticism wasn't fired at you because the Internet was not as prominent as it is now? Do you give any credence to the fact that the Internet is so dominant or was it a case of somehow, whether it be Foley Taker or Taker Austin or Kane Undertaker again and again and again. You found a way to make that interesting so people didn't even notice that you were only using four guys. Billy, absolutely be. Absolutely be. And yeah, I mean, Billy, this, you know, listen, I remember when we did our show together, guys, like there were just some things I did not remember. I remember this vividly, Billy, because, you know, the, the, the old school... Well, how, how are we going to have this match if we want to have it at, at WrestleMania? How are we going to do it at SummerSlam if we want to have it at the Rumble? We used to get that all the time. And we used to tell, we, we you know, whether it be Pritchard or whether it be even Vince or whoever it was, we used to say, 
we're not worried about that. We'll make that mean something when the time comes, which meant, bro, that no matter how many times we booked Austin in The Rock or The Rock in Triple H or Foley in Austin, we knew that every time we booked it, it would be a different story, different circumstances, different people involved. And it would mean something every single time. The difference, Billy and Cav, is as you just said, they keep going back to the same well with no story. There's no story. And uh, we, we, we always were going to give them a different look if we brought a match back, 1,000%. The, the first half of the matches these two guys was Roman Reigns chasing the babyface. The, the the matches they've had in the last 12 months have been Brock Lesnar as the babyface. Do you think that, 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 that you, as a creator, could have done more with that twist to it and got more matches out of it to the point where there wasn't so much complaints about staleness? Or do, do, you give, do you forgive them a little bit by saying that it's mainly this vocal minority, the internet... He's always going to complain. I don't forgive them at all, Billy, because I'll tell you, here's the crux of the problem. Here, here is the main problem. They've not created anybody else. That's the problem. That's 100% on them. When you point out, bro, 99-2000, Hunter was added to the mix. Mick was added to the mix. At some point, Kane was added to the mix. We continue to make people that we can slide in that main event. They haven't done that, bro. That's really where the failure is. They have not created anybody that you could put in there with a Roman and a Brock, and you're going to believe it. That's on them, bro. But in terms of, aside from creating guys, what do you do with this combination? Like, as I said, like you, you got a lot of Undertaker, Undertaker-Austin matches done, uh, whether it be when they had, there was Babyface versus Babyface at SummerSlam 98. By the time they, they wrestled when on the pay-per-view where, where Owen passed away, Undertaker was a heel who won the belt in the Ministry of Darkness. Totally different dynamic. Do you feel that you could have changed the dynamics with these two? Uh, or, or is it just a case of you would just say you have to create stars? Like, you can't... Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of the two, bro. Could, could, I, have, could I have created circumstances that were much more interesting to bring more of a draw... Bro, there's no question in my mind that I could have done that. Now, if you ask me what would that have been, I would tell you this, bro, without a question, without a shadow of doubt, it would have been reality based. So I would have had to be there to know what was really going on with, with Reigns at the time, what was really going on in Brock's world, where Vince sat politically, how the boys felt about this guy compared to that guy. I would have to really know the real-life elements of what was going on, and I would have taken that and made that part of the storyline somehow, someway. And, and the last thing I want to say is is that one thing me and you agreed on very early in our relationship, we just accidentally stumbled on agreement here. I feel that Heyman is very, very overrated. Like I, I don't feel oh, that he's you're crazy. I don't feel that he's bad. Gav doesn't agree. See, I, don't I think he's he, the best talker that there's ever been. He right. That, that's a, that's a different thing. That's a different thing because he has his hands in this story. Right. He's he's involved in the promos. 
He's involved in why we get to there. He's, he's involved yeah. in, the, in the route, the A and B. And people are still complaining that we're having this match again. Does this add weight to the theory that this guy is slightly overrated? By, I, by I, listen, Cav, I love you to death, bro. You brought me a Dick Butkus hat for crying out loud. Cav, brother. I've got to so strongly disagree with you, and okay. it's going to play right into what Billy said. Cav, this guy has been cutting the same promo for the last 10 years. Literally, Cav, I literally have said, if you want to, if the WWE really wants to save money with all the budget cuts and whatnot, bro, make an animated Paul Heyman, <laughs> send him out on the show animated to cut the same promo. Because that's all he does anyway, bro. This you you talk about a great talker behind Heenan, bro. This guy's been cutting the same exact promo for the last ten years. It has not changed one iota. Do you think also it's it's what he's given as in these type well, of guys that he's bullshit, given? Bullshit, Cap. Because if Paul Heyman doesn't have any stroke by now, he shouldn't be in the freaking business. If Paul Heyman is in a position to say Vince Hunter, whoever is running the company this week, I've given this same promo. I mean, you know, Cap. Listen, we we love baseball, right? You know, you know what an inning zeter is. An innings eater is very valuable on any team. He can go out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that Paul Heyman is a minutes eater. That's all he is. When they got to fill 15 minutes in a first segment, send Paul Heyman out there, bro, because Paul will fill up that time. Bro, that's all he's done over the last 10 years. He has not been an integral part of this angle whatsoever, in, in my opinion, in my estimation. I mean, we got the whole thing to where they were, it was whose side is he on. That was very different for for a while the last time they were going against each other. But like we've said, they've gone against each other 5,000 times now. And and, 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 bro, they, to... they, and they never even paid that off, though, Cav. They, they never even paid that off. And that's Paul's responsibility to say, wait a minute, man. We were going down this road of whose side was I on, and then I, I think on Aurora something out of the blue, he came out again and just put over who, whoever he was with at the time. They never told or completed that story. He's got to take part responsibility for that, bro. See, I was thinking the end of that story was more like love the one you're with who's winning because he did like give the belt to Brock. But it backfired, so, okay, I'll be with this guy. So I thought it was more of just that he was a snake. And it was whoever is winning is what I'll be with. That's where I got from. Uh, what do you say, Billy? Well, you, well you're jaded, Cav. Yeah, I mean, he, he, did, he, did, he, made, he made the decision, but because of the um, the COVID situation that Roman had, he actually it, it happened in the Lashley match instead. So I think that's why it's kind of been forgotten by people because it happened in a match that was nothing to do with Brock and Roman. It was in the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar match. But um, yeah, last thing before we, before we go. First of all, before Vince does go, he talks in detail about the Vince McMahon situation and everything that's going on on his own podcast, which is Russo'sBrand.com, which is why I didn't want to quiz him on it too much because you guys should go over there and, and talk to and listen to a person that's worked for Vince McMahon through the Attitude Era and, and wrote it. So I mean, you were there five five years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, people should go over there and listen to that. And the, the last question is just because of the timing. Um, WWE WrestleMania 40 goes back to Philadelphia. First time in 25 years. 
The last time you're in Philadelphia for WrestleMania, it, the nickname of that WrestleMania is Russo-mania. Did you know that? I did oh. not know that. What, what's that about? It's the only WrestleMania that's fully booked by Vince Russo. For, wow. For 25, it was the last one in Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, so my, my question was going to be, when you do a town like Philadelphia... Do you book anything for Philadelphia or do you just stick with your... your nah, bro, you, you, you got to be careful, bro. Anytime you're on the East Coast, and, I, and I'd say really, Billy, like Philly and New York, like honestly, anytime you're in Philly and New York, bro, you know there can be no bullshit. Like, like you know, bro, there, there, there's always a fine line with being booed out of the building. So you're not going to do anything stupid. You're not going to do anything that would you'd give them an opportunity to shit on. Because, I mean, those are the two serious crowds in, in, in the country. So absolutely, bro, when we went to Philly and New York, there was a huge difference in the shows. Did you really not know until today that was called Russo-mania? I had that's, no idea. I never what, heard of that. Oh, that's, that, that's what it's called all through the dirt sheets and online. Now I got to go back and watch. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, idea. It, it's, 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 it was Vince was totally in charge, and it, apparently that is, that is your WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Oh, you, you made all right. We, you, I got to get you on Castor, and the Marshall, Billy. Me and Jeff both want you on, but you, you, you were mentioned last night, bro. I had a, I had a jump to uh, your defense, uh, Billy, even though Billy Cap did turn his back on me once and it got ugly but i you, once Cap, are you the witness Cap, are you witness too i loved billy all along through that yep right? you told me on the phone in did private, I not, Cap, still did I not, even when he was going crazy did i yep. not say that okay but bro i had to jump to your defense yesterday because what what where does this Sean Ross sap get the uh, get the gonads, bro? The testicles, the balls. First of all, to call Disco a little bitch, bro. This, this guy is in a pimple uh, on uh, Disco uh, Inferno's ass, and then he went to town with you, bro. Throwing all these. I'm, I'm dying to see. I'm dying. I know he's here. I'm dying to run into him this week. Oh, I'm my gosh. You've got to make that like your goal, Billy, and like always have your camera on or the yes, audio on. He will. Always he, record. He knows that. Billy, no, you don't have to tell Billy that. Uh, bro, I mean, what, what the, what, where'd this guy come from that all of a sudden he's cutting promos on you guys? Yeah, we've been getting under his skin over on the, on the show. Like, so I, I, it's like being just, I think this guy like tied together with this, with this shit. And that's the thing, like, even when, um, when, when we, when we part ways of you, well, some of the messages I was going, it was like, oh, like Billy's. This is what this is why I really got heated because they were going, oh, Billy's ruined Disco and Vince's friendship now because he's got Disco to leave too. It's like that didn't we never even had a conversation about. Like it was ne never even happened. And, no. I, and and you got so that's it. That's why I said to you last time we were on K one hundred. Like they got they got a following and they got the mix between some guys are cool and some guys are just assholes. Like who across the board, it's a big enough podcast where. They'll be loyal to Meltzer and Sap, and they'll just listen to K100 to see what we're saying. And, and they're yeah. not. Whereas your guys, they they're into you, they're into that style of podcasting, they're they're into your opinions. It's more it's more of a cult. And yeah. when you piss that cult off, they come for you big time. And they were they were they were they were, they were coming for me constantly for for weeks. And, and I kept saying, I mean, Kev, I again, I think you could be witness to this. I kept saying a million times. 
I got no heat with Billy. There's yeah. no heat. We've got no heat. But, bro, they want to believe. They, they want, bro, they want to believe whatever they want to believe. That's really Well, when you guys did the show when I was away, too, that, like, everyone loved it. It was, oh, they're back together doing a show. And, Vince, believe me, I'm like, they should always do this together. Get me off this show. I go, everyone should write in how horrible I am. No, absolutely not, Kev. Come on, bro. Are you kidding me? Come on. Uh, no, yeah, man, you hey, guys, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love doing this show with you guys, man. A- anytime, man. I mean, we got to do more Billy and Kev. We definitely got to do more. Kev, you've never, ever been on my platform. I got to bring you over. You got to do something with us, bro. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta send you a few things. If you ever listen to my NFL show one of these days, you'll see what I can do. Well, I, I, I just <laughs> hope you've got a reception in the uh, cabin you're living in or wherever, bro. I that mean, should be okay. I have, uh, I have the stronger Wi-Fi as humanly possible. I gotta okay. send you a picture of uh, my media room. You'll be impressed with the seven TVs I have mounted on oh, the wall wow, for football season you. coming. So yeah, I'm ready to go. So where can we uh, find you the best way possible, Vince? Yeah, guys, always Russo'sBrand.com. Just go to Russo'sBrand.com and you'll be able to get to everything. That's that's the best way, guys. Any, All right. Any, any last, any any vindication for you this week where for years people, Cornette turned around and went, oh, he's obsessed with Sable. He's obsessed with Sable. Vince was obsessed with Sable. You think, it, you think now everybody knows it was the wrong Vince? Yeah, I would. I, yeah, yeah, I would. I, I would hope so, bro. I would hope right. people would understand that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks for joining us, Vince. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to doing some more stuff with you in the future. Yes, definitely, guys. And thanks for having me, man. And Billy, uh, enjoy the uh, yeah, bro, man. You got to run into Ross Sap, bro. That I oh my god, that would be tremendous. But enjoy your time, bro. Thank you. Cheers, cheers, guys. Yeah, guys. All right, there was no better man to talk to about a main event than Vince Russo. Thanks for being on. What are the odds for this main event, Billy? Yes, yeah, so Roman Reigns is one to two minus two hundred. You have to bat. Uh, you have to bet two hundred to win one hundred. And Brock Lesnar is at six to four. So you have to put forty down to win sixty, or a hundred to win a one fifty profit, two fifty back altogether. So Brock is the underdog once again. The exact same odds that we got at WrestleMania. Do we see a different result? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, Roman holds this. I think we're, you know, trying to get to him in the rock with this, you know, streak going on. Uh, How do you end this match if you're in charge? Well, I hope Brock shows up for starters uh, because obviously (laughs) out and come back. Uh, We've randomly got Seth Rollins' match cancelled now with Matt Riddle. They did an injury angle. Uh, We saw Rollins going up to Roman's face on Monday. I don't want to see Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. I don't want to see any kind of issue with Brock. Whatever his political issue is, whether if he's like, I go, if he goes, I go, whatever, go after this. Just lose to Roman Reigns one more time. Uh, as for how it ends, I think if Theory cashes in, he loses. Um, I don't think they do that, though. I think we just go out with um, the way we've gone out with um, the last WrestleMania and, and everything. I think we just go out with um, with Roman winning and lifting his belt up with his Usos and, and all that. I, I feel we just we just keep doing that and beating people over the head with it until Mania. I, I, I don't. If it ain't broke, like don't fix it. Like no one's going to be like, oh my god, it's terrible. The show just finished with Roman winning and Brock beating Brock and Brock being knocked out for ten, and they, he's standing there. And hopefully, both these guys are bleeding this time because it's a it's a it's a, a TV fourteen whatnot. So yeah, I think 
if they, if they have a good match and they're, they're bleeding and and they, they go out there and they do 25 minutes and Roman wins, it's absolutely fine to close out like that. Okay, so I would expect some nonsense for how Brock's got to stay down for 10. Um, like, you know, burying him under the, you know, tables and chairs. Uh, like we've had other people be tied to the ropes. Uh, it's pretty, I don't know if it's a burial because you're losing to the world champion, but to be just straight knocked out for the 10 seconds and that's it. I, I'm thinking something's got to go down with that. Is, is there any chance that uh, somebody comes out and says, it's a three-way now with Seth Rollins? I mean, anything's possible with the with, with the new regime, but I just think that um, I, I think as much as they want to make a statement here, I think they'll try and make a statement through the pay per view having good matches and and, and being uh, something that makes sense. I think everything here will, will make sense without being overly dramatized. I mean, I'm not I'm not out here expecting the fiend and cash ins and and, and things of that nature. I, I think that a, a good. Eight out of ten wrestling show with um, with common sense results is what we'll see.